Welcome to 49ers After Dark. We're your hosts, Grant Cohn, Jesse Naylor. Usually we're doing this show kind of messing around in the middle of the week, but the Niners play tomorrow night, right? In 24 hours, they'll be like at halftime or maybe approaching that. So that's exciting. A game tomorrow, and Brandon Ayuk might play in it despite injuring his clavicle, not breaking it, uh, just a few days ago. I think the Niners should rest Brandon Ayuk in this game. Man, I think they've got an opportunity to, to do that, in my opinion, and I think they should because if it comes down to Brandon Ayuk, he's going to want to play. The way that I see it is the 49ers are supremely talented when it comes to playing the Giants, and the Giants also are so depleted. They are missing two offensive linemen, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, including their left tackle, Saquon Barkley, and a defensive lineman, an edge rusher, Ojalari, who's pretty good. I think this game is set up for the 49ers to win. They should win this thing big. I don't see any reason. If there's even 1% chance that you think IU can extend this injury and make this worse, you you can't play him. I wouldn't play him anyways. And he's like the only key player on the on the on the starting lineup who's injured. Like yeah. Debo's out there, Kittle's out there, McCaffrey's out there. Everyone's out there. Bosa's back. They should be able to win this game without Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he didn't make a huge impact last game and they won. They scored they scored 30 points. I think they can score 30 points without him. Yeah. Aren't they talented enough to score 30 points without him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they basically did last week. He was a decoy out there. Purdy didn't even play his best game, and they still put up 30. It's like, who's stopping them from scoring 30 at this point? I, I don't, I, I just can't see it happening. The 49ers should be able to win this game going away, and Brandon Ayuk is so crucial to the rest of the season. I just don't see why it's worth any risk. Now, maybe, just maybe, he's fine. It was a stinger. He's over it. He's 100%, and they're being cautious over these couple of days. In that instance, play him. But I just, I, I can't imagine that that's the case. I would arrest him. Um, Agree. I just wanted to point out that last, a few days ago, the yeah. Cardinals put up 28 on the Giants. And right. their best offensive player is... Dobbs? Uh, <laughs> Dobbs? Like Rondale Moore? I don't even know. And then yeah. the week before then, the Giants, uh, the, the, uh, the Cowboys put up 40. So... I think they can do it. I remember last year the Niners went into Atlanta, rested a lot of players who were kind of hurt and lost. This isn't that situation. It's one guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, Atlanta was a different story because there were so many players out. I think they were down like five defensive starters going into that game. And there was one point in that game where they had two defensive starters on the field for a, like a drive. That's how bad it got. Players just kept getting injured. Traverse Ward got injured. Talanoa Hufunga got injured. There was already a ton of injuries. So at that point, it made sense. Like, well, yeah, of course. It, it, the, when all your talent's gone, you're not more talented than the other team. This is not that case. Brandon Ayuk, rest him if you can. It makes all the sense in the world to me. I mean, it's a 10 and a half point spread. You think they cover that? 10 and a half? That's what it's up to? Oh, my it's, gosh. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, that's a lot in the NFL no matter what, but yeah, I got to imagine they do home opener. You got an East Coast Without team. starting left tackle or their starting left guard. I I don't know, man. You've got an East Coast team that I think they, I think they were in Arizona last week, but regardless, mm -hmm. an East Coast team that has been on the West Coast for almost two weeks, 
short week, tons of injuries. No, the 49ers should win this going away. No doubt about it. They should win this going away. Give Brandon Ayuk the day off. Um, so it's a Thursday night game, home opener. Kind of surprising early in the season. It's home Thursday night. Do you think this is beneficial to the Niners? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time beneficial. It, not only because traditionally when you play on Thursday night, there's some good and there's some bad. The The bad is that you've got to turn around very quickly. After you just played a game, you really don't have time to rest, game plan, what have you. The good is you have this mini bye week. The way I see this game, and if it plays out the way that I think it will, the 49ers should be able to rest quite a bit of their players the second half of the fourth quarter, maybe even more potentially. And if that's the case, it's an easy night for your big-time players. Really, you've got almost a full bye week in front of you, the way that this thing's going to play out. You only get one bye week throughout the season. And that is coming a little bit later. But if the 49ers don't get that number one seed, I especially if they don't get that number one seed, this week here can prove to be so beneficial throughout the whole season, Grant. I really think that this is an advantage. And not only that, it's the first of three straight home games for them. After this stretch, they basically alternate home, road, home, road. So this whole stretch right here, this three games, is very, very important overall. And this rest going into the final two, I think is crucial. Yeah, I see that. Um, if you got, I mean, you got to have a, a Thursday night game. So good to have one early in the year. What sucks about the yeah. Niners' schedule is they have two of them this year. Two, yeah. Two. They got one on thir- on uh, Thanksgiving as well. So I don't know. I mean, you got to have them at some point. At least it's the Giants. At least they're at home. And uh, at least they're 2 0. Oh. They should win this game. Not only that, though, Grant, they they really are kind of screwed by the schedule because if you're, I think last year, first of all, they didn't, they didn't play on Thanksgiving. They had Thanksgiving off with their family. They had Christmas off with their family. This year, they have the Thanksgiving game and the Christmas game. That's, I mean, these players are are humans. They've got families. They've got little little kids. That is a time they want to spend with their family, and they're going to have to play on both those days. That's a major disadvantage. Major disadvantage. Major. Major, major, major. Uh, sorry for the Giants. They stayed out on the West Coast, did they not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's After. no point. If if you Could you imagine going from Arizona to New York and then back in a four-day time span? They had to have stayed out here. It feels like the only chance they have to win is Daniel uh, Jones running for a lot of yards. Maybe hitting a couple big throws. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, Traditionally, the 49ers don't do well with these mobile quarterbacks, Grant, but when there is nobody else that you've got to check, how there's no way that he's going to run wild. I got to imagine that they're ready to corral it. And not only that, my my opinion, Drake Jackson already is kind of an advantage for the 49ers. I think that he can be key towards holding these mobile quarterbacks in check this season because he's so athletic. But when Daniel Jones doesn't have Saquon Barkley and he's without two of his offensive linemen, I just can't imagine that they let him do anything with his mobility. Yeah, but they're... (laughs) You don't believe it, though. You think they're going to get torched on the ground, it seems. Well, I mean, like, here's the the problem with the Niners. It's been their problem since they drafted Nick Bosa, honestly, and they've gone to the wide nine. These guys are not playing the run they're not they're playing all gas no breaks so the edge rushers yeah. in particular are screaming upfield and they often rush past the quarterback 
get pushed past the quarterback. Sure. Once you run past the quarterback, if he wants to scramble, it's a green light. It's a freaking super highway. A lot of quarterbacks don't. Daniel Jones does. So if they, I mean, Jared Stidham took that against the Niners and helped the Raiders put up 30 plus. So they can't do that. You got to be more disciplined. They talk about being disciplined in your rush lanes. Yeah, but the wide nine isn't really coached that way. So it's kind of why the Niners frequently have had this issue. We'll see. Uh, do you think it would be disappointing if this game was close? Because the way that I see it is last week, the game was a lot closer than we expected, but there was a lot of reasons you can point to. One being it's a division game. Two being week one, you had to travel all the way across the country and come back. Your second road game to start the season. It made a lot of sense why that game was close. And you're playing against, when healthy, a very, very good quarterback, a good coach, and Aaron Donald still on that team. With all the injuries that the Giants have being the home opener, I would be a little disappointed if they don't win this game going away. True. Um, true, I would as well. I just want to point out that the uh, Giants scored, what, 31 points in the second half last week? Is that correct? Uh, was it 31 sure. in the second half? Let me make sure. Giants, where are you? Giants, Giants, Giants. I know they were down big against Arizona. I didn't realize it all. Yeah, they scored the 31 in the second half. So okay. I don't know what's going on with them, but maybe they figured something out. And if Steve Wilkes plays that super soft, passive zone coverage against mm -hmm. uh, him, I don't know, man. These, this team has more firepower than the Rams, which had, you know, not that much. Do they, though, without Saquon? I don't know that they do. They've got Waller, got Slayton. I like Jalen Hyatt. He's, he's dangerous, but he's a rookie. Yeah. Fast. I don't know that they do. Beat you once. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Chris they Delerico do have Matt Breida, though. They have Breida. So let's watch out for Matt Breida. <laughs> Chris Delerico says, don't tell Kyle to sit BA. Now he's going to run him up the middle by up by 30. So true. So true. Plumagod42 says, been thinking about this the past few days. Hypothetically, if Wilkes struggles and Salah gets fired from New York Jets, would the Niners bring back Salah? Ooh. That's Maybe. interesting. Although he might not want to like come back. He might want to go do his own thing. Don't know. Yeah. Basic hot dog, no bun. Says, trap game possible. Keep up the QC grant. Always possible. Always possible. West Coast J says, the same man that never takes his players out late in a blowout game is the same man we're asking to rest. Ayuk true it's not going to happen never going to happen what are we talking about kyle don't rest brandon Ayuk. i wouldn't rest brandon Ayuk at all yeah actually. i think it'd be i would really play stupid. him every snap maybe, the smartest guy in the room would play him every snap <laughs> brian burquist says brita will be the starter how's his health good question yeah <laughs> yeah that's question. true i never quite know all right this is the title of the show stock up stock down for three players or coaches on the team let's start with stock up Let's let's go back and forth so that way we don't steal each other's, I guess. We might have some overlap here. All right, mm -hmm. stock up. Number one, Kyle Shanahan. Mm. I've got multiple reasons for this. After that first game, there was the video that was released where he embraced Brock in the locker room. I thought that was a, a little moment, but I, I think it spoke volumes as far as how much he's behind Brock. After this last game, he did two things that were impressive to me. Two things that if he hadn't done in the past, I would have definitely called them out. One was they asked him about Brock Purdy and his play, and he easily and would have in the past been like, yeah, you know, he missed those. He's got to do better. But he really 
kind of took the onus on himself a little bit, which was great to see. And the next day, when he was questioned about playing Christian McCaffrey, even though we all know that it is on the running backs coach or the position group coaches to sub guys in and out, he said, and he took full responsibility, I have to notice that he's been in all game. I can't let that happen going forward. I think that that is showing major growth from Kyle Shanahan, not necessarily something that any of us expected. I love it. I have to call it out when I see it. Kyle Shanahan stock up. Let's see if he follows through, but I like the way he's talking. Yes. Diamador Lenore. That Ooh, interception okay. to seal the game was really, really nice. Yeah. He was in perfect coverage. He ran the route for the receiver, turned his head, he made the pick, sealed the game. Nothing against Isaiah Oliver's. I mean, he was in the right place at the right time and was took advantage of a nice tip ball. And you that's not easy. But what Lenore did was really, really, really hard. And ever since like week 18 last year. Is that a week? Week 18? Week, week 18. 18 yeah. It feels like he's been in the zone. It feels like he's the best corner on the team. And it feels like you really shouldn't throw his way. Like, if you do three, four, five times in a game, he's going to pick you off. It's quite interesting to see. I really feel like he's the best corner on the team. Right now, he might be playing the best football. You, you might be right about that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, stock up. Jake Moody. Hey. Don't forget that Jake Moody... First of all, drafted in the third round. That upset a lot of people, myself included. He missed a ton of kicks in the preseason. Then he got injured. What? There was nothing, no reason to believe that he would come in and do what he's been doing. He's been absolutely perfect. Everything has been per like down the middle. He really yeah. couldn't have made these kicks look any easier, including a 57-yarder that... In previous years, that hasn't been a part of this team. That wouldn't have been able to bail the offense out. They likely would have either gone for it on fourth down or they would have had to punt. That was a crucial time in that game. He drilled it, made it look easy, had yards to spare. Jake Moody right now, stock up. Yes, and what's interesting is like week one, if you go back two weeks, feels like a long time ago, but a big storyline going to that game was Jake Moody. And a lot of mm -hmm. people picked the Steelers to win that game specifically yeah. because they thought Jake Moody would blow it, blow it yeah. based on what he did in the preseason. And so far, that hasn't been a storyline at all. It's kind of interesting. Highly. It is. It is. Yep. All right. Well, stock, stock up for you. Oh, stock you up? I thought we'd do three. Well, I was going to say three, three each, but if you don't have okay, any more, sure, I've got sure. more. No, I can do that. I've got more. I can do that. I was ready to go stock down. I was a little excited to go stock down. Yeah, you were. <laughs> Chopping at the bit over there. I see it. Hmm. About Juwan Jennings. Ooh, Guy's like making it. really big catches down the field, not dropping the ball. Looks like he's dialed in in a uh, contract year, and he's going to get paid handsomely either by the Niners or someone else. Juwan Jennings looks, like, looks to be uh, the best he's been. It's laying out some incredible blocks as well. Yeah, most definitely. Let's go with another player in the secondary, Isaiah Oliver. Okay. Questionable. They paid him decent money. A lot of people thought he was not good during the preseason and in training camp. Week one wasn't the best, but this last week he made three plays that were crucial to winning that game. Obviously, we saw the interception and the sack. Those stand out in the box score, but really the drive before the sack, he was one-on-one -on -one with Kyron Williams out in the flat. And if Kyron Williams gets a first down there, that game could have been completely different. Isaiah Oliver pushed him out of bounds, stopped that drive dead in the water. 
Isaiah Oliver, stock up. I like it. I like it. One more. All right. Do you I have one to do more? another one? I can do another right. one. Positive, positive, positive. Um, you do one more. Okay. John Lynch. Okay. That's a good one. So he came out yesterday and talked about how they are working with the salary cap money that they've got available to them right now. And one things that one thing that I was frustrated with was resetting the contract or reworking the deal with Kittle and Armstead. I never think it's a good idea to kick the can down the road on players that are 30 plus years old making big money. However, what the 49ers are doing with this money or seem to be doing, they may use a little bit of it towards a trade, but they're going to roll over a lot of money next year, which is essentially as if they had front loaded Bosa's deal. That is going to give them flexibility going into next year to still not only pay everybody and keep them under contract, but also have some money to play with in free agency if they choose to do that. I think that flexibility is going to be huge if they maintain it through this trade deadline. I like what they are doing with that money. I think it's very, very smart and forward thinking. Great answer. I love that one. Uh, Got to give John Lynch his credit, his props. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, let's go negative now. I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, you have. Why don't you go first? I don't want to take this spotlight from you. Steve Wilkes. Oh. 17 points in the first half. He made nice halftime adjustments, but you can't be coming out playing that passive with that kind of talent. I feel like mm. he's not used to having this much talent on his defense. He hasn't coached a defense like this before, and he's playing like he has nobody's out there, real safe. Like he wants to win with his offense, which is fine. But the Niners have been winning with defense for like five or six years. And they Mm -hmm. have so much money invested in that defensive line. For them to just play so far off kind of negates that entire advantage. You got to like force the quarterback to hold the ball for like two seconds. And he wasn't doing that in the first half. It's a little concerning. I'm not sure if he's ready to do this or if he's just getting acquainted with his new players. So Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I mean, definitely playing soft zone the way that they did. And that's, you're you're allowing the other team to take your pass rush out of the game when you do that. If you're not willing to to play press man and get in the face of receivers, especially receivers that aren't near as talented as some others in this league, you can't allow them to just completely take the pass rush out of the game. And that's exactly what they were doing. That certainly can be a concern later on in the season if he doesn't figure that out. I think in the second half he started to, but... That can't happen throughout the course of the season. You might lose a game because of it. Okay, Mm. let me go Spencer Burford. Mm. So one of the things that I talked about going into this season was even if McKivitz is a a little bit of a downgrade from Mike McGlinchey, I think the offensive line can be slightly better than it was last year because you've got the three guys in the middle of that offensive line that essentially started for the first time in their careers last year It seems feasible that all three of them can take a step forward. Burford has not done that. He might have regressed so far early in this season. He does not look good at all. Everybody's putting a lot of focus on McKivitz and did that in the first game. I think Burford struggled just as much, if not worse, in the first game. And in this game, he did have some moments that were better, but he's got to continue to show this improvement, and he's got to get there quickly because if he can't show that improvement and McKivitz is who McKivitz has kind of shown to be They're in a lot of trouble in some big time games against big time pass rushing teams that have talent all over the defense, like the Dallas Cowboys, 
have talent all over the offense like the Dallas Cowboys, these complete teams can expose the 49ers on the right side. Spencer Burford has to get better, and he has to get better quickly. I agree. Uh, I'm going to go there and say Nick Bosa, acknowledging that he's still mm. an excellent, excellent player, making an impact and racking up pressures. But he's the highest-paid non-quarterback in the league. He's paid to sack the quarterback. And here's just a little stat. Last seven games, you know how many sacks he has? Last seven. One. Uno. Before then, in the previous 15, he had 17 and a half. So mm. he was on like a sack a game pace for a long time. And then something happened. I mean, they can point to him not being football shaped yet or whatever, but this goes back to last regular season. I have no idea what's going on. Has the league figured out Nick Bosa to an extent? Are they able to not shut him down, but like limit him? Or I, I, I can't even begin to explain what's going on. But one sack in, in the last seven games is maybe an aberration, but it's definitely un-Bosa. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> he's going to get it turned around. But I would expect it too this week against the backup left tackle. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, you would think he's going to get it turned around, and that's the expectation. And he is putting up some important numbers that may not show as well as sacks but here's the problem that the 49ers have if this is mostly who he is and I, I don't believe that to be the case by the way but let's say that he regresses big time in the sack category and Armstead we already know gets paid a lot of money doesn't get a lot of sacks himself but he's always around he's always pushing the quarterback into other people if you've got two guys making that kind of money that aren't getting you the sack numbers that does become an issue I think Bosa will step up. I'm not too worried about it, but right now he's clearly not in football shape and he'll get his legs under him. He'll be okay. But for now, yeah, I mean, you get paid that kind of money, you would expect the production in, in all the categories, right? Yeah, he set the bar so high for so long. It's it's just strange. Yeah. No explanation. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like I said, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Okay. And it should end this week. I expect it to end this week. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Mm -hmm. How about George Kittle? Where's he been? Because what's interesting to me, when I went back and I watched the the game film on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I expected him to see to see I expected to see him attached at the hip of McKivitz. And that was not the case. McKivitz was out there alone a lot. George Kittle has ran plenty of routes. Where has he been? This guy is is a superstar tight end who gets paid a lot of money. Also, they pushed his money back, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, which means they're locked into his contract even longer. He has to start to produce. And the reason that I would say stock down two for him is because his stock was so high with Brock Purdy last year. The chemistry was clearly there. The touchdown production was there. George Kittle looked like prime George Kittle again. I expected that to take off again from week one, and we just haven't seen it yet. So I would say George Kittle for right now, stock down. Yeah, I would agree. And I feel like he's kind of been this way for almost two seasons. This is why I was talking about trading him before last year. I feel like he's at the stage of his career where he paces himself. And like he can still have great games. He may have a great game on Thursday night, home opener, primetime. He just might rise up, but I feel like it's few and far between at this stage of his career. Three years ago, four years ago, take over games routinely. Um, maybe he'll do that this weekend. I, I kind of expect he will. Uh, let's yeah. keep going. Traverius Ward. Okay. 
Maybe it's how they're using him. But he came from Kansas City. He was playing press man-to-man coverage in Kansas City. They brought him in here to play press man-to-man coverage with Emmanuel Mosley. And the whole idea was to get the opposing quarterback to hold the ball an extra beat so that he would get sacked. But now, I don't know what Steve Wilkes is doing. He's got he's got Traverius Ward playing like 10 yards off the ball, playing zone coverage like he's Josh Norman running a 4-7 or something. It's just so strange, and he's not good at it. He just looked like he was trailing everything. He was a step slow every time. Doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy who anticipates – particularly well from off zone coverage. Maybe it's not his fault, but like, man, Lenore's playing better than you making a lot less. It is interesting. Ambry Thomas, Traverius Ward, Isaiah Oliver, Womack. These guys were all press man corners for three years. I've been talking about the 49ers are going to play more press man than they ever have. And it just has not happened for whatever reason you've, you've went and got, a team full of press man corners and then you play zone. I, I don't yeah. understand that. You've got to play to these players' strengths. And when we saw it, when they went to a cover two man this last week, we saw how beneficial it was. They started yeah. making mistakes. They started forcing those mistakes. So why not do that more often? I don't know if that's a Shanahan thing or a Wilkes thing, because like I said, it, it was here with the previous tenure as well, but Man, it just it is a weird look to go and get all those press man corners and then be like, yeah, we're in a play zone. I don't get that. Yeah, and if like if you're gonna play eight yards off all across the board, like you're just gonna concede quick throws to players like Puka Nakua. Like make mm-hmm. him run a route, make him beat someone. I'm not sure that yeah. he can, or for, uh, prove him that pr- make him prove that he can. And they did. Yeah, and push him off and reroute him. Yeah, I've I've got one more. Anybody in the backfield not named CMC. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Like these guys are either not TDP is not even suiting up for games. Jordan Mason and and Mitchell, I mean, not necessarily their fault, but they're just not even seeing the field. And Kyle Juszczyk yet again makes a ton of money and is playing like (laughs) I don't know for sure, but it feels like about thirty percent of the snaps. I I don't understand it. They've got a bevy of talented players in that backfield, not named CMC, and none of them are being used. So. I would say stock down for the whole backfield that's not CMC. You know, he's playing 53% of the snaps and you would never notice it. Yeah, it feels more like 30. It's crazy. (laughs) I agree. All right, let's play the more than or less than game uh, sponsored by Prize Picks. If you want to play along with us, go to Prize Picks, click the link in the description, use my promo code, and uh, let's get right to it. For this game, Thursday night, let's start with Brandon Ayuk. More than or less than 53.5 receiving yards. You betting on, on that? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. First of all, I'm not going to let you breeze over the fact that you're 0 and 2 Ooh, at this point. In the season, let's talk about all right? it. Let's, let's talk make about it. sure that everybody knows that I've got a two week lead on you. This yeah. is what happened last year, Grant. I don't know if you remember. I had about a six week lead on you. And then the final half of the season, you came storming back. We ended up tying by the end of the season when it was all said and done. So, Hopefully, I don't let this lead go, but I like where I'm starting. 2-0 lead for the good guys. I'm winning. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like that, and I'm going to make a big push at the end just like last year. I got to get focused. <laughs> I got to get locked in. Okay, great. All right, all right. All right, so I, you, I, you, you, you think he's playing? You think he's going to make a big impact? You know, I wonder what, what price picks and some of these other sites do if they don't play. I got to imagine they give that one back to you. So let's assume he's playing. And if he's not, maybe we'll take this one off the board. It's up to you. But I'm going to say 
I'm going to say less than again. I said less than last week. I, I just feel like if he you're, does play, right. he'll be a decoy. And to me, I, I wouldn't use him a ton. I, I would. I think he'll. I think he'll likely play, but he won't play a lot of snaps. He'll be a decoy. I'm going to say less than. I feel like that's the safe safe bet here. I agree. I mean, I don't even know that he's going to play. I would bet on him not playing, but if he does, yeah. if he, he didn't even get there last week. So yeah. I would think, no, let's go with the Brock Purdy weekly more than or less than 22, 222. I'm sorry, 227.5. I'm really tired. 227.5 oh, more than or less than. I mean, he's been less than this both the weeks, but the Giants just seem to be allowing everybody to go off, including Dobbs last week. Brock Purdy is much better than Dobbs, and I, I don't know, man. Uh, I also think that they're going to blow him out, and they may not need him to throw. I'm going to go less than, and not because I don't think he can do it, but I just don't think he's going to get a lot of attempts and that they're going to win this game handily, and they're going to run a lot. So I'll say less than. Let's see how many uh, yards Josh Dobbs threw for last week. I'm just curious. Do you know? I, I don't know, was, but I know that he ran all over him too. Okay, hold on. Game logs. Grant, Josh Dobbs. He threw for 228. Okay. <laughs> kind of the exact number. Yeah. Um, let's say Ayuk doesn't play and they run the ball a lot and it's a blowout. Yeah, I'm going to go less than as well. I'm going to go less Dang than it. as well. I'm just stealing yours. Okay. Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> more than or less than 79.5 rushing yards. You know, last week they had him at like 60-something, and I said that that was criminal. There's no way he was going to get less than that. This week, 79 is an interesting number only because I want to believe Kyle that he's going to give him a lot more rest. But I feel like they're going to run the ball like crazy. He seems to be breaking a big one every week. Even if he gets 15 carries, I got to imagine he goes more than. I'm I'm going to go more than until until proven otherwise. I agree. I feel like this is easy money. Christian McCaffrey, he should be at like 100 every week. And mm -hmm. if you give me 79.5, I'm taking more than because it seems like he's on a mission. The Niners are on a mission to make him the offensive player of the year. It just feels that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, how about we were talking about him earlier. George Kittle, 43 and a half receiving yards for George Kittle. I don't think there's going to be a lot to go around, but I've already got B.A. with less than. I went more than last week, and he disappointed me. Kittle, I'm going more than this week, but this is the last week if you prove me wrong again because you might be the reason that I lose this week. I'm going to go more than. I have a feeling Grant is going to go less than. We'll see. I'm going more than. We keep doing the same okay. ones. We're going to have to right. find something different eventually, but I think like if Ayuk doesn't play uh, a primetime game, I think Kittle's going to want to be featured in the game plan. I think he's going to be have to be featured in the game plan. He hasn't done much this year. be about mm -hmm. time be a nice time for George Kittle to step up with eight targets. Yeah. Okay. So I could see him getting more than, and let's do one more Niner, and then we'll do a giant. Okay. Uh, Nick Bosa. One tackle uh. for loss. <laughs> it's not even a sack. Just a tackle for loss. Just tackle for loss. Hmm. More than <laughs> I don't Me feel too. good it about like, it. It's like easy money, and we haven't disagreed yet. But that feels like okay. I, I guess a backup left tackle. Like, come on. Yeah, okay, let's do. Let's giant. do Giants. 
Let's do Johnson. Maybe a Danny Dimes one. Uh yeah, let's do Daniel Dimes. Um more than nope, no, that's not the one I want. How about do the rushing one? Oh, rushing all purpose. Yards. All, is that an all purpose? Rushing one? yards. You got you do have all purpose. How about 254 all purpose? How about that? Hold on, let me get rid of the damn so Boom. 254 all purpose. Mm. Man. He averages a little over 40 yards rushing a game, dating back mm. to last year. He was a 700 yard rusher. That's quite a bit. I don't trust him throwing, although they're going to be behind. He's going to have to. I'm going to go more than 254.5 all-purpose yards. Okay. I'm going to go less than because we got to disagree on something. And I feel like uh, I feel like uh, he's not like Matthew Stafford. He's not going to yeah. check the ball down over and over again. He's going to hold it, and he could you know, get sacked, fumble. So – those are my those are our picks. Brandon Ayuk less than 53 and a half uh receiving yards. Brock Purdy more than 227 and a half uh, less than 227 and a half uh receiving yards. Christian McCaffrey more than 79 and a half rushing yards. George Kittle more than 43 and a half receiving yards. Nick Bosa more than one tackle for loss and Daniel Jones. I have met less than 254 and a half pass and rush yards. Jesse has him at more than if you want to bet if you want to make an entry, make an entry, go to Prize Picks Click the link. Use my promo code. All right. Out of curiosity, take... too, if you're if you're playing along, Grant, do you have a, a email attached to the channel at all that anybody can email you on or anything like that? No, I don't. I got to get one. That's not my okay. personal one. Yeah, yeah. Go go get one attached. I want to see if anybody's actually winning and if they're playing alongside of us. If they're taking yeah. my bets or if they're taking your bets, and if you're if you're winning, send in pictures of of your slips. I'd be curious to see who's who's winning on these. Dave Barclay, $100. Thank you so much, Damn. Dave. Says, good evening, gentlemen. Long night ahead of me as I'm driving to California tonight. Death in the family. Oh, man. I'm we sorry. don't need Ayuk against Giants, I hope. Please use Mason more and CMC less, please. How much I miss? Love you both and Pops. It was my adopted Pops I lost. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, sorry to hear Dave. that. Drive safe. Uh, I'll, yeah, Dave, uh, just a, a little, little connection here. Today, uh, my dad, who, you know, rest in peace, would have been 63. Today would have been a 63rd birthday. So I feel you, Dave. I feel you. Yeah, that's still young. Rest in peace. Dave, thank you. Rest, uh, I feel you, Dave. And hit that like button, please. A lot in here. Thank you, Dave. Stephen Pryor. Sorry for your loss, Dave Barclay. Camp, awesome. Growth from Kyle Shanahan. Hot seat confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Mike drops in Monza says, Kyle Stock attached to Super Bowl win. Stock away, uh, waiting. And I say that because his choices during the season will dictate outcome of Super Bowl run. Week two is too early. He still can Kyle all over himself. <laughs> sure, but he's stock up for, for a minute. Dave Barclay yeah. says, Kyle, you've averaged 26 touches or more in two games with CMC. You know running backs get hurt easily. What happens if CMC gets hurt? Follow up. What happened to running back room by committee when you won the NFC? Good questions. He rides Monster the hot hand, man. He always does. Monsa says, shout out Jesse on Moody. Draft day reaction. Epic. <laughs> Frank Tom Ocean says, dynamic duo. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Who was the new cornerback since Dave Barclay? Anthony Brown. Started for a long time with the Cowboys towards Achilles last year. I've got two Cowboys. One's a, a friend and one's a content creator that I reached out to. And they both basically said the same thing. They said he's better in the slot than he is outside. He doesn't necessarily fit the physical nature of the 49ers. But if he plays in the slot, he can be decent. They would prefer, or we should prefer, that he doesn't play a lot, though, because he definitely can get toasted if he's playing outside. So there you go. 
Mike drops with Monza, says Armstead stock skyrocketing after last year. How could it not? MD2020 says, is it me or is Lenore starting to become the Debo in his position? He's looking really, really good. His body's completely changed too. Completely. Dave Barkley says, Grant, spell stream right when taking a poll? Maybe. Oh, no. Did I put steam in there? I'm really tired. I didn't sleep much last night. Dave Barclay says, love you guys. Thank you, man. Thank you, Dave. D-Flo says, why y'all talk like you know more than Kyle? Come on now. Have you not seen this show before? Ever? <laughs> Ever. Stephen Pryor says, you guys went over uh, stock up and stock down. Can you guys give top three players most likely to join Cabo Click and three players voted off island? Got to ask the hard questions. <laughs> Talanoa. Ayuk uh, is overdue. And... Um, Oh, Brock's in there. Hargrave. Brock. Brock's in there too, yeah. No doubt. For sure. Chris Telerico says, up, Drake, Lenore, Moody, down. Bosa, Brock, can't leave wide open TDs on the field. Kyle, overworking CMC, not pulling starters. I got to say, Brock's stock's a little down after those throws. It's a little bit. I think I think Brock, two games in, because we're doing a two-game snapshot, I would say Brock's right where, where we kind of would expect, expect him to be. I mean, I don't think last game was an awful game by any means. I give it a C. I think he was a B plus, A minus ish the first game. So I think he's right where I would expect him to be I feel coming like out. Some Niners fans were, were saying he was like a top five quarterback coming out, out of week one. They were like, well, I think Josh for them, Allen too? Yeah. yeah I, they did say those things. You're right. Bill Kennedy says, I hate Thursday night football. I think it's bad for the players, especially ones that need to travel. I'll be watching tomorrow. Your thoughts. Agree with all that. Absolutely. It's terrible. The Niners should win by a lot. Stock up. HR says Papa Cone. He's been on fire this season. Oh, yeah. Monsa <laughs> says, I think. Has. What we see in Wilkes' version of what Kyle wants and what uh, I think Kyle favors cover three Seattle rent. Kyle aids at half and uh, with game mm. plan, he's the DC 1A. Yeah, I think he wants zone by, um, yeah. Kev F says, glad you guys didn't gaslight viewers, old media YouTube. Yeah, well. Willie Mendoza says, how can you live in Florida, Jesse? Just arrived in Miami. Uh, I'm on my way to Orlando. This muggy weather sucks. Enjoy. You're it. in the worst time of the year, man. Basically... For eight months out of the year, it's fantastic. But you're right in the prime, hot time, rainy time of the year. And Orlando and Miami are a lot more humid than Tampa. So I'll also say that. Dave says, fans are good people in here. I love it. Yeah. Dave says, thank you, everyone. Of course, we sign an injury. Yep. Yeah. Mike V. Skate, two bucks. Thank you very much. All right, last topic. Does this team have certain things in common with the 2019 team that went to the Super Bowl? Oh yeah. I mean, we can go back and forth if you want. I've got three things that I've, I've got written down personally. I think the first thing that really stands out to me is how stout they are up the middle. I mean, not only with the, the linebackers, but you've got Armstead and you've got Hargrave or as Shannon Sharp calls him, Jerome Hargrove. You've got those two up the middle. It reminds me impact player, Jerome, <laughs> Jerome Hargrove. So good. Yeah. But <laughs> But yes, the being stout up the middle was something that that 2019 team had and was so crucial to their success. I think they've replicated that again this year with two very good players up the middle. Of course, you've got the very good linebackers to follow that up as well. I think that is a big difference between maybe this team and last year's team, last couple years team. They've gotten back to that a little bit. Absolutely. The, the, the four-man pass rush is similar um but i don't know i mean i, I sala was so dialed in that year he was so good was. is wilkes as good as sala we'll see also brock purdy seems like better than jimmy garoppolo although also un unable to hit the deep throw so maybe that's another thing they have in common um 
And Christian McCaffrey is just, I mean, Mostert was good too, though. It'd be nice there. Mostert, Mostert, Mostert wasn't good, good all season, but Mostert in that playoff run was about as elite as it gets. Yeah, I, I would say the two more two other things that I think this team has in common. Well, one, first of all, if the 49ers win on Thursday, tomorrow, which they should, this is the second time that a Shanahan led 49ers team has started 3-0. The other time was 2019. We obviously know that they started 8-0. But that would be a, a huge feather in their cap. The other thing is this. One thing we can say about Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo is both of them were coming off of major injury the year prior. And both of them, relatively unproven, young players. So I think they definitely have that in common. Now, obviously different players. I think Brock Purdy's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He just has more uh, tools in his tool belt. But overall, a lot of similarities there with the coming off injury and both being relatively unproven. It's a good point. It's a good point. Starting to look like this is a team that could get the number one seed and make some noise in the playoffs. How are, how are you feeling level? about no. their overall record? I mean... Not that your mind should change after beating the Rams and the Steelers, who you picked them anyways to win, but are you starting to see a path here where they should win the division? I know that you picked Seattle, but that they, they should win the division and might potentially be the number one seed. I think that's the most important thing. Do you see a path to the number one seed with this team? Absolutely. I mean, I think we always assume the Niners are going to get injured. They're just going to have a bunch of guys go down. That hasn't happened yeah. so far. And really, they're on like a 12-game red regular season winning streak, something like 12. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. 12, 13? Something like that. So with McCaffrey on the field, they should be winning their games. They have way too much talent for them to like have trap games. Like Their talent should win out every time or again this week. And I think they were a lot like that in 2019, especially after they traded for Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this whole thing and the way it's setting up, you've got Cleveland that just lost Chubb. That is the game after Dallas. Really, yeah. if you get through that stretch past Cleveland, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat these Minnesota, guys until later in the they season. Suck. Yep. Minnesota sucks. Yep. So yeah. some of those later games, I think the Seattle games, those are division games. Those are going to be tough. I think that last Rams game might be tough as well, especially if Cooper Cup is back. I assume he would be. The Ravens game, the Eagles game, I think from like week 10 on, it does get pretty tough, and you could see a couple losses, but they can make it past Dallas in this early stretch. Man, they they might just start out 8-0 just like they did in 2019. Cool. I'm excited. That was a good year for everyone. Yeah, it was. Stephen Pryor says Moody's replacing Juice's spot in the click. Moody. Okay, fair enough. Stephen MP says, I feel like I feel Kyle's allegiant change in behavior and his going for it on fourth in the last two weeks. He knows he has to win a Super Bowl this year, and perhaps the Yorks put him on early notice. You know, yeah, there's something I about that. Real quick, in 2019, he was coming off back-to-back -back losing seasons, and I think it's kind of understood as a head coach that you basically can't miss the playoffs your first three years and keep your job. I'm not saying sure. he was in the hot seat, but I think he knew there was a little bit of urgency to have a good year. And look what he did. And then they gave him an extension. <laughs> and then he's had some slow starts ever since. So now if he has some urgency again, hey, maybe that's going to bring out the best in Kyle. We've already seen the best in Kyle recently. It's like Kyle's in a contract year, even though he's not. Kind of. 
in a prove it year. Jay Good says go into week five games. Staying in San Jose is the nightlife there worth it or should I head to SF? Taking recommendations, please. Thank you. I don't. I don't partake in life in nightlife. I'm 35 years old. <laughs> so true, though. It's so true. I love it. Are you kidding me? I couldn't hey, even. God. I couldn't even get Grant God, to like, come out past Sarah. like 10 o'clock when we were in Pittsburgh. He's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Like, all right, dude. Jeez. Come out one night. Oh, I can't. Okay. <laughs> That's our show. I'm going to bed early tonight. I'm tired. I'm not feeling great. But it was a good show. I had a really good show. It was nice. I'm going to have a, a, a definitive win over you in the more than or less than. Because oh. Danny Dimes. I picked one different than you. <laughs> I guess I'm putting all of my eggs in the Danny Dimes basket. I don't know that I feel great about it. But. 3-0 sounds good. 3-0. Thanks for watching, everyone. I will see you guys tomorrow.